welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Welcome to this week's episode of the Define the Relationship podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. We're, uh, we're going to have a phone conversation with, um, with Marie uh, Umbreeze Zuniga, who is pretty well known to our SEEDS community, Miguel and Maria, and their three children, Miguel Jr., Francisco, and Esperanza, um, were with us in Altona a number of years ago, and until they were, unfortunately, had to leave Canada and had to head back to Mexico. We wanted to, uh, it's been two years now since uh, that deportation took place, and uh, we thought it would be good to get a to get a bit of a, an update from Maria on their situation, how things are going, and uh, also hear a little bit about the story that it's brought them to, to where they are today. I look forward to this conversation. A little bird in your house, Maria? Yes, okay. I, I buy a little bird so he can be company. <laughs> it's nice to hear that in the background. My first thought was there's something wrong with the audio, and then I thought, that sure sounds like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do you, do you want to give um, the Seeds community a bit of your perspective of kind of how you ended up in Eltona and... Uh, and uh, maybe some people wouldn't have heard the story before. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, I I was living in Minnesota for fifteen years. That's how you say that, right? 15? Yes, exactly. Yep. And uh, and so we were having. Uh, I was living with Miguel and the three kids, and uh, we were working, and. Then we decide, uh, you know, because it was really hard. Uh, Miguel has, uh, he was trying to get some uh, legal uh, documentation uh, to process his case. Mm -hmm. But he went with a couple of lawyers and uh, they told him, like, uh, maybe he will not be able to to help him with, with the case because... Uh, it was really hard because we were looking for many lawyers, and um, then uh, when Trump, as a president, came in, you know, uh, it was a lot of chaos because uh, he started doing a lot of, uh, how you say that, um, raids. Yes, yep. Raids, and uh, I was really scared. I was really scared because... Uh, we went to work every day, and we had to drive, and we didn't have driving license. So we started talking about uh, what we can do to look for other opportunities mm -hmm. uh, and be able to live more, um, you know, without fear, fear, mm -hmm. and uh, to get uh, separate because uh, what we wanted for the kids and for us to be to live together and. 
and especially for uh, my older son who born with heart uh, problems, mm -hmm. where uh, he sometimes has to have some heart surgeries. And the, you know, he spent like five years with uh, trying to fix his heart. And I saw all the, uh, the way how, you know, it's really hard, you know. I was thinking like, what, I, what I'm gonna do by myself if he, I had to face, mm -hmm. you know, like Miguel has to leave the country mm -hmm. and I'm gonna stay with the kids. I mean, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And Miguel is really a supportive person. Like since uh, we had the kids, he is so close to the kids and he helped me. And so we kind of have a really good relationship. Mm -hmm. So and just one to day be Miguel, and just to, sorry, sorry to interrupt, just to be clear, um, the kids are all, were all born in the U.S., correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. They were born in the United States. And you came to the United States when? Yes, for, when I was, uh, sorry? No, go ahead, when you were? Yeah, when I was uh, 15 years old. And Miguel? And, was also quite young. He was how old? I think he was uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. And yeah, he arrived on the 86 when I born. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because Miguel, uh, Miguel is older than me. And sometimes I make fun of him because I'm like, you came to the United States when I born. That's not fair. <laughs> Well, I hate to say it, Maria, but I graduated from high school in 86, so uh, I'm one of the well, old people, too. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, so sorry he, go ahead. Yeah, so he arrived when I was, he was 17, and uh, that's why he has a, uh, some of the, uh, the, his record, because he was young, mm -hmm. and that was... Uh, that's, that's why uh, in the States they didn't, uh, what the lawyer said that Miguel was not, uh, he didn't qualify for anything in mm. this time. Right. So I was kind of, I was kind of sad and I was like, I don't want to give up on anything because I know him for some years and I know he's a good man. I mean, people can make mistakes uh, mm -hmm. when we were young. I mean, I did mistakes too and uh, I think uh second chances mm -hmm. and Miguel has proved that uh, he learned a lot from his mm -hmm. mistakes and uh, instead of you know uh, give up he he tried to encourage himself to be better like uh, we were involving in a lot of activities because that those activities uh, help us to grow so much as couple and family mm -hmm. with my kids so that's why I uh, um, you know, so, and then, uh, we have a, a really long, uh, how can I say that way to kind of understand the system, you know, in the States. Yes. And I remember, yeah, my mom told me not to go, not to go when I uh, decided to move to Canada because, uh, we just went to, uh, I remember that I went to, a meeting group and it was these guys who were uh, they were talking about Canada and the great country and everything and, and so Miguel and I we start 
making conversations about what about if we move there? I mean, uh, we didn't know anything about how the system works over there. Mm-hmm. Or we didn't even knew somebody to kind of ask mm. uh, how the process. So, so we just decide, like, uh, we can try, you know, uh, because we, we, we were having so many fear of separation. Mm-hmm. That was our bigger concern to move to Canada because uh, I try, you know, me as a mom to support Miguel and to let him know that uh, I was there, you know, no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. Even he was facing some challenge because uh, he didn't have a driver license and and he did have some problems with uh, the police and things, but that was in the back in a long yeah. time ago, but I didn't know that uh, how can we uh, be able to, you know, solve kind of all his issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, and, maybe people who are listening, it might not be as clear, but it you are coming to kind of a place in the, in the States, this is about three and a bit years ago, where you felt very vulnerable that Miguel's situation was quite, precarious and uh he might be deported at any time if he was to be picked up by the wrong authorities is that correct yeah that's correct that's that's what the last lawyer told us Hmm. and that's where everything becomes more uh i was more um not uh calm like i was thinking every day because this lawyer told me that uh if he, Miguel got stopped by the police and the police is not like kind because some police are kind, but others are not so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not so kind because they follow so much the rules. Mm-hmm. And they told me like if he, Miguel, uh, what, uh, he will be stopped by the police, he can be deported right away mm-hmm. from the States. Yeah. And that scared me a lot because I was like, what are we going to do? And not because I, I, um, independent most of the time like i work myself i don't feel in the way that i cannot you know uh support yourself help my kids yeah. support yeah my kids by myself but uh i just want again to be part of you know mm-hmm. the my kids grow because for me it's so important to yeah. be that moms and together i uh, when i was little my dad's were we used to live in a really uh, domestic violence, and I knew I knew that uh, how it is to grow without a father figure, mm-hmm. and, and that affect me a lot in my older age because um, I I didn't you know uh, I didn't have a dad who helped me to okay when I was doing something to tell me okay you know uh, if you do this maybe it will be working better for you or things mm-hmm. like that. It was yeah. really hard. But I didn't want that for my kids. That's why uh, I was thinking that much. I was focused on try to uh, be together. Like mm. that was my main purpose, and that's why we decided to move to Canada. And Miguel was—he's really good with maps, and so we start looking a path to get there. Even if we didn't know, uh, I was telling my kids, uh, "We're gonna go to Canada," and they were so excited. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know what to expect because I told them, you know, we don't have nothing over there. Maybe we're going to live under the trees. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of, but I was telling, in, you know, in a positive way, like, 
and we had to do this because uh, we want to be together, right? And the kids were, yeah, we want, uh, I want to be with my dad all the time and my mom. And so that was kind of the excitement, you know, the to go uh, like a adventure mm-hmm. as a family. So uh, everything that we, uh, you know, like uh, we were working all years in the, in the States. I mean, we didn't care for, you know, the materialistics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we just give everything away and we just grab one bag with clothes and that's it, you know, we just uh, went to Canada without no, we, the only thing in our minds were we're going to uh, try to be together. That was everything in, in our purpose, you know. Right. So was that just now I'm. I'm just taking off my head. This was like around June of 2018. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. That was, uh, no, that was July. July. I remember July 7 oh. when, oh. yeah, it was after um, Independence Day. Because, right. Uh, normally I was planning to go to Canada before that, months before that, but my family, they, they are so... Um, sensitive you know they cry over time i remember they uh uh, when they they saw me like uh cleaning my place everything give everything away my furniture and everything and that's when they noticed that i was saying like i was going to go i was going to do it to Mm -hmm. go to canada and they were told me you're crazy Uh, you don't know nobody over there yeah they knew you were committed Yes, and so my mom didn't want me to go, but uh, and I think that was something that, you know, when sometimes you cry so much and you don't want to leave somebody to go or let somebody to go, uh, a lot of things coming in your way, like don't let you to go. Like mm. That's something that happens to me because we're planning to go to Canada, but uh, it happens a lot of things that it let us, didn't let us to do it. And until one day my mom told me, if you're going to go, well, just go, but don't tell me because I think it's going to more, it's going to be more easy that way. <laughs> so just one day uh, I get a call from Miguel's son because he has two older sons <laughs> from his first marriage. And uh, he told me, we, we talked to them and about if he, they can drop us up to the border of Canada and United States mm-hmm. because we told them the plan and everything. So one day we got a call and uh, his son told, told us, oh, I had a car can. We, we can go right now. It was like 10 p.m. Oh, wow. And we were like, yeah, it's a sign, you know, like it's time to go. So we just uh, uh, say goodbye to my sister because she was giving me a place because we give everything away, the apartment and everything. Hmm. And that's why, uh, that's when we moved to, uh, we just grabbed some bicycles because our plan was to cross the, the border mm-hmm. on bike. bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we did. And we arrived to, uh, the first place it was, um, I don't know the place. I forgot. It, we we trying to go to Vita. It was a place where we saw the map. Mm, yeah. Vita, and yeah. it was Vida. really close. Vida. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That was the place that we we kind of wanna go. 
Mm -hmm. And we knew as soon as we arrived, we had to let it know the authorities that we we cross the border so they can check everything. And, you know, because uh, we read a little bit about um, the as soon as we arrived to Canada, we had to let them know. Otherwise, it will be more. Uh, crime and all. Of, yeah. I don't know how to say yeah. that. Yeah. More yeah. than the state is different. Like you can come uh, indocumented, but uh, it's not that much trouble than Canada. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we uh, we cross the border and on bicycles and and we spend four hours on bicycle and then uh, uh, it was then uh, it was like a how you say that? Uh, a lot of big pines and trees and mm-hmm. a lot of mosquitoes and we were kind of scared that we were like, hopefully we get out from here soon. <laughs> and, like like forest, yeah. forested area. Yes, that's correct. That's what I'm trying to say. The forest yeah. area. Yeah. And we just, you know, like our mind was, uh, if we we didn't know if we were in Canada territory. Mm-hmm. All the states, but uh, we just trying to go deeper inside, mm-hmm. and that's what we did for four hours without stopping because we were so nervous uh, of getting cut from the uh, immigration, the, the state's immigration. Mm-hmm. This was and in then, the night, uh, then. At, at that time, it was not daytime because we drive. Day. Yeah, we arrive on on the border at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's when we cross and then we uh, ride our bikes for four hours and then we start seeing a lot of farm, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, uh, fields of farm mm-hmm. and big trucks coming back and go and they start seeing us like we're like, what are you doing here? It's a remote place. <laughs> no houses around. Yeah. So I, I, do be, I do believe some of them call the police and yeah, they arrive and they, it were, uh, we were so nervous because normally the state police, they are kind of aggressive mm-hmm. most of the time in the borders, you know. Yeah. Uh, and when we saw the Canadian police, they were so kind, like, how are you? Good morning. And we were, hi, good morning. <laughs> and uh, everything is all right. Uh, what are you doing over here? And we just had to say, uh, we just crossed the border. We came from the States. And they were, okay, I'm going to call uh, another truck so they can come and pick us up. Yeah. And Bahir, the place was really nice. And, and yeah, he was playing with the kids. And then they take us to a uh, uh, place where people cross. I don't know how you say that. Yeah, uh, yeah the border. Like the, yeah, they yeah, take the border, I mean, like where there's actually customs, yeah. Yeah, uh, they take us over there, and we spend like maybe ten hours. Right. Uh, you know, tell uh, asking us who we are and taking pictures and you know the fingerprints and everything. And, and I remember just, the one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, tell me. I was I was just going to ask you to say how old your kids were and what their names are again, just again for other people that are listening. Yeah, my older kid is Miguel, Zuniga, and Breeze, and then Francisco. Um, sorry, Miguel is uh, 12 years old, and Francisco Zuniga is 9, and Esperanza is 8 years old. 
So Esperanza was four, four when you came over. Um, or five, maybe. Five, uh, yeah, five. Wow. She, yes. She biked on her little bike, or did she go on a on one of your bikes? Um, we we have a uh, the little car, you know, um, the a little cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a car seat, a bike seat. Yeah, it was like a little. Uh, yeah, the it's like uh, when you have kids in the back. Mm-hmm. Another is like another bicycle, but it's just two wheels, and they can be sitting the kids. Okay. Oh, like a trailer, like yeah. a yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that one we got two of those, and so one Miguel was carrying uh, Miguel and Francisco, and I was carrying Esperanza in the bags. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Yeah. What a picture. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever heard that part. I didn't know that you, that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, we make a little video when, when we, we arrived to Canada, when we see the farms and everything land, when we were walking because the kids were tired of four hours in the bicycle. They yeah. were, I want to walk. And, I, and so Miguel, um, he was carrying a phone that, uh, has the has minutes on Canada and the United States, something mm-hmm. like that. It yeah. works in Canada. And Miguel opened the maps and he saw and he was like, Yeah, we're in Canada and so the kids were excited, we were excited <laughs> that we made it. <laughs> and wow. um yeah we we arrived over the place where we were interviewed for to see who we were. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were they were really kind, and we stayed there for a long hours. And I remember one of the guys who were doing the interview. They told us about we had to. Um, we didn't know if it wanna pass. Like they can deport us there right away if mm-hmm. they don't see something good in us or yeah or story or something. So with everything that they ask us, you know. Uh, they told me like uh, part of my story they can be uh, something good for let let me stay. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why they told me yeah uh, we're gonna take you to to the next step which we don't have the the decision to make but a a, a judge they're gonna read mm-hmm. your story and they're gonna decide. So they move us to Grena mm-hmm. uh, to a family center. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so we are right there, and people were so kind. It was a lot of uh, people over there. The same situation as us. Mm-hmm. Uh, from most of the people, they were from um, they were uh, Afro Americans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember that it, there was a family who they used to live in New Mexico. Hmm. So they didn't speak English. They only speak Spanish. So we moved to Grena and it was this family and, uh, they did, they, they don't have interpreters and in Spanish right. available. So, uh, they just, uh, as we started making, you know, friendship and getting to know everybody because they give us a room with the kids. It was really cool. And we had to share the living room and the play kids area. Mm-hmm. And the kids were so happy, you know. 
as soon as they arrived to Grenna, they liked the place because it was funny because uh, in the afternoons, all the kids, they go to the park by themselves. <laughs> like walking by themselves, no parents. Yeah. They, and they, the kids were, oh my God, uh, we we independent here. We can go to the park <laughs> whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, it's hard and to I imagine what that would have felt like to just have some freedom yeah, yes, Gretna is a little smaller than Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> yes, it is, <laughs> and and they were you know watching everything, and so they kind of get excited and everything. And, but I we knew that we still in process. We didn't know that if they're gonna let us stay. Mm-hmm. So every time that this family needs interpreter, uh, I let the coordinator of the place that. We can help, like, and they told us, no, it's because this is like a official, uh, official issue. Like, we need a official interpreter. Right. Mm-hmm. But we were saying, like, uh, we used to work. Like, I used to in my in my jobs, I used to work as interpreter. Hmm. And, and I was like, yeah, we. Uh, if you need help, uh, we are here. And <laughs> they tried to look for interpreters, but I did, didn't find. So they call us to help with the interpretation with the judge and everything. Wow. So you were so, you were getting involved in the community already, even in the first few days that you were here. Yes. Well, we, you know, we like it. We like it. We, if we can help with something, definitely we do it because it's, you know, it's, it's really nice. They treat us really well. So we just want to give back something like yeah. We, we want to say, yeah, we can be uh, useful and we uh, anything you you need, uh, we can do mm-hmm. help here and there. Yeah, so um, we stayed there for a week mm-hmm. in Grenna. Mm-hmm. And finally, the judge saw our case and she gave us a green light. She was like, yeah, you. it seems like you can qualify for, uh, how can I say that... Um, for asylum or refugee status? Uh, yeah, refugee status. That's mm-hmm. what she said. That she told me to, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you green line and you can continue with your uh, process here in Canada. And then she told me that we can decide where to go anywhere in Canada. Like they told me where you want to go. Hmm. And that was a question that we didn't think about it because... Hmm. We just looked, we were like, you know, before moving, when we were walking in Canada fields, mm-hmm. I remember that I was praying and telling God that I saw a lot of land, you know, and I was like, God, no matter where, but just give me a little piece of land and, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, something like that. And like, we don't care where, but we just want, you know, the freedom to be with the family and not mm-hmm. worry about, okay, you had to go and things like that, but... Yeah. I just leave everything to God to decide for us because it's something that you, sometimes you cannot uh, handle the things. And so they t- they asked me and Miguel like where we wanna go. And the first thing that we think about it is like a place where we can have a hospital in case Miguel Junior needs a hospital right. because of his condition. And we didn't say like where exactly so the the judge told us to think about it because that was really important mm-hmm. for 
So we just went to see the coordinator and tell, you know, give uh, ask for, uh, uh, you know, like he can give us any recommendation, like uh, based on our case. And he was like, you know, we need pick the city. Like uh, it's a good place because they help us with the lawyer process. Mm -hmm. To pay the expenses and, and everything, and he's like, uh, there is a lot of jobs, and if you move to like a big city, it's more expensive and, and it's more uh, refugee people, and your case is gonna take longer. So we were like, yeah. So then we're gonna stay in Winnipeg, hmm. and yeah, they process everything our papers on Winnipeg, and then from Grena we went to Winnipeg. And they give us a, an apartment, so we stayed there for one month. Hmm. They told us you you can settle down one month, and then you have to look for your own place to live hmm. um, until you get a, a a work permit and an answer from the immigration um, office. And um, they give us they give us uh, places where we can apply for work and uh, schools, lists, and everything. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we there, we uh, get the kids into school, and uh, Miguel start looking for a job right away, and and looking for you know connections. Mm -hmm. So I wanna, I'm gonna, we're gonna fast forward a bit, Maria, to. Um, getting to Eltona and then um, how things kind of turned kind of in the wrong direction for you and the family and uh, culminating in you being deported in, uh, now I keep thinking, was that, was that a two? Two years uh, ago. It's two years ago. So that means. Um, no. No. Yeah. It's over two years since you've been. Yeah. Two yeah. Years. So was it 2018 fall that you ended up, you were in Eltona by then? Yes, because we just stayed six months in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. right. And then you, you came because you got a job in Altona. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We thank God that uh, Miguel was working on uh, uh, construction. And uh, then he lose, uh, you know, the job was end because uh, the guy who uh contract Miguel, it was only for a few months, mm -hmm. and then he told me that the job was over, mm -hmm. and uh, we were scared because uh, we didn't depend on the government. Yeah. We, we depend on ourselves, and uh, I was, at that time, I was involved in the school in, in Winnipeg, because I want to know, you know, everything about the schools, and be able to be with my kids, because at that time, I was not able to work, only Miguel. Right. I had to take care of kids and everything, and instead uh, deciding to be at home, I, I I had I asked the school if they need um, any volunteering, and yeah, they accept me and they give me a lot of things to do, <laughs> and I meet a lot of people, and uh, even the school offered me to apply for a uh, to work uh, teacher assistant mm -hmm. at that time. Hmm. Because uh, they they need a lot of help and support, but the the program it was six months. Uh, I had to go to college and take the courses, and then uh, apply for the school. 
Right. And I was ready to do that, but uh, when Miguel stopped working, I decided I was the one that I need to go look for a job. Maybe I can um, give me a job faster than Miguel in that moment. And But Miguel is still looking at the same time. And I ended up in um, one of the office where they help you to find a job. And I do remember that they, the, I, I met the, the guy who actually helped you to go to the process for a job. Because in Canada it's different. Like they had to uh, train you for safety mm-hmm. and anger management and a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't know that, but I was like, I take everything uh, as long as I get a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this guy uh, gave me an, the first day an interview. And I... I was, yeah, I was kind of worried because we were getting some short of money for food and everything. And I remember this guy, I told him, uh, I'm going to ask you something really special. I have three kids and please, uh, if you uh, have any job, and no matter what a job it is, uh, I, I take it because I told them that I, I was not able on government program. And... If I want to go back to the government program, I had to, it, it had to be like three or four months to wait. Hmm. So the government gave me money for support, but I didn't want that. I just want a job and everything. And he told me, yeah, come back tomorrow and we'll see what can do for you, what we can do for you. And, and I come back the next day. I was the first one to get there because I was like, I need to be there in the, <laughs> to see. I was, and this guy arrived. He was, oh my God, you here. Ah, you want to work, eh? And I was like, yeah, I want to work. <laughs> so he seems like, he told me, you know, and I didn't see nobody like with that pressure on my shoulders. I, because his job was to look a job for people. Yeah. That was his job, and but like, I never feel so pressure from someone. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I do. I need this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he connected me with uh, this the next uh, floor, and it was a lady who was really nice, and she told me about uh, prisons. Mm-hmm. She was like, I had this opportunity, like where we move all the family, but it's a uh, 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 far away from here. It's not enclosing this area. I don't know if you want to apply. And I didn't, you know, wait so long. I was like, yes, I want to apply, please. Uh, uh, what I need to bring. And then she's like, calm down. It's a process. <laughs> uh, you have to do a, a math test. And, and they're going to review your test. And if they are interested in you, uh, they're going to call you to see if they need an interview. And that's how everything started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then- when I was in the middle of the process of getting a job in Altona, uh, I asked if he, they can put Miguel in the package, mm-hmm. so he can. He, he had a job too, and they said, "Yeah." Yeah. So then sm- we- that was smart of you. <laughs> two. For- <laughs> we'll give you two, two people. One. Yeah, two for one. <laughs> yeah, and so we made a test, and then, like a two, three days later, uh, they told me like uh, Altona wanna interview, and. Uh, and the lady told me, "Do you know what is Altona?" I was like, "No, but uh, I don't. I don't think I care right now. I just want to go." <laughs> <laughs> I was so desperate <laughs> because yeah. she was so worried. She's like, "You have three kids and you have uh, your place, so you ready to move in?" I'm like, "You don't worry. Yeah, I'm ready." <laughs> so um, that's when I met uh, Tina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina Barkman. Uh, yes, because. Uh, 
the the first thing they told me like they're gonna send a driver to take us to the Altona factory. Mm-hmm. So then when we arrive over there, they gonna, we're going to be uh, interviewed for uh, the, I forgot, uh, Tina is, uh, what's his job? HR. Yeah, Human, Human Resources. Resources, yep. Yes, so uh, she was going to make an interview. So when we arrived, uh, we were so nervous. So I don't know if she, yeah, I do remember Tina introduced to herself, but I don't remember she she tell us about his job in the company. <laughs> so we thought she was only a driver, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were having this long conversation in the way. And I do believe Tina give us the interview in the car without notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was a surprise. And then we arrived to Arizona and she gave us a tour. And, you know, I didn't... I was so excited because I was like, I, I just want to work. I just want to work. <laughs> that was my main, my main, uh, uh, purpose, you know, and, um, yeah, Tina told us, uh, it was Monday, the interview, and she said, like, if we can work, uh, Miguel was the one who got the job first than me mm-hmm. because, uh, the place that they were placing me in prisons, I didn't know, uh, the position, mm. uh, as, as a career machine and but i told them i told the manager who interviewed i don't know how to do this job but i can learn it if you give me the opportunity hmm. <laughs> and um he told me okay i will we will see and let you know and i was okay but i think miguel got the the job first he the manager uh liked miguel and and they offered the job and so Tina told Miguel if he can start on Wednesday. It was Monday. If we can move on Wednesday. Whoa. <laughs> and and Miguel, uh, I I was laughing because Miguel was like, uh, "What about next month?" And I was kicking him in the back of the table. And I was like, <laughs> no, now. <laughs> so Tina was like, "If you wait one more month, we don't know like how long it's gonna take the process and everything." And I was like kicking Miguel's feet. I was like, just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we gonna figure it out. Did he, and did like, he know he, what you were, did he catch the message? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we say this fine. And so Tina told us about, uh, how we, the moving process. And, um, when we were in Winnipeg, uh, we feel we are really blessed because, uh, uh, we get to know people that, uh, donate us furniture mm. because we didn't have beds and anything, but, uh, we found really nice people and they give us furniture. Then in one week, they, um, set up my place like I was living for two years. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of stuff, but uh, I thought, Tina, no, I don't have a lot of stuff because I was scared that she would say no or something. Mm. And, but uh, the good thing is because uh, the place where we were living, uh, a lot of people like us were moving new and they don't have furniture. So I talked to my neighbors and I was like, "Can you? you do you want the furniture? I give it to you. Like we're gonna move. We're just gonna grab a few things and that's it." Hmm. So they were so happy, excited because they were uh, at the same like where we arrived, sleeping on the floor and things. And so we give everything away and. I remember Tina that she told us that she was going to pick us up on Tuesday. On Tuesday morning at seven in the morning. Hmm. So 
Yeah, so she she came with the band. <laughs> we having this pet, a cat, and everything. <laughs> I remember <laughs> all the squeeze, but uh, it was really cool. So and that, that's how we arrived to Altona. That's how you got to Altona, and that's how we ended up getting to connect with you a number of months later. So I'm I'm on I'm a move from the past, um, and. Um, at Seeds, we have been quite familiar with um, the roadblocks and obstacles that you and your family kind of ran into in the immigration process. And that unfortunately culminated in you be, being deported um, in December of 2019, so just over two years ago. And um, just, to, just to recap for, for people at Seeds, um, you were basically given poor advice around um, should you do a refugee asylum application or should you look at a different venue and you were kind of shifted from the asylum claim to uh, um, to an agency which is I'm having trouble thinking of it's a humanitarian um, kind of application but things some of the some of the processes weren't really followed through quickly enough and um, where you felt like you were going to be able to stay in the country, you ended up having to leave kind of on short notice in December. And um, so what I want to, just you to talk a little bit about is you've now been in Mexico for over two years since deported um, from Canada. Now, Seeds has been quite... Um, quite involved with supporting you folks in Mexico, but also supporting your process to get things fixed um, with immigration and, and things happening now, unfortunately. So that this, you can come back. So you can come back, of course. But of course, with the pandemic over the last year, that's really slowed things down even more because um, we were just talking with you about how you're waiting to go to the Canadian embassy in Mexico City to do the final piece of your process which is getting fingerprints done and that office hasn't been opened for almost a year now so um tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you overall being in mexico and um we understand that your kids actually right now are back in minneapolis with your family so that they could get some health care and um and some of that stuff and um and we also know now that Miguel has moved to Tijuana, which is quite a ways away from where you're living, to to find a job, and he's got a job right now. But overall, like, what's what's it been like being back in Mexico? And you grew up in Mexico, but you hadn't been there since you were 15. So, what's uh, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's really huge experience. Like, um, the first thing, like, we didn't know where to where to arrive and which mm -hmm. time and um, for me it was really fast to find something Miguel uh, has family in Guadalajara mm -hmm. he, uh, he has his mom which uh, she passed away last week oh and, um, I'm sorry yeah we didn't know that I'm sorry yeah um, uh, so she thank you um how can I say, like, it's been really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, uh, because when we arrive, uh, the first thing, like, we, our main is to have a job. 
first mm -hmm. of all, because we just want to secure the food and everything. But I knew that uh, since we we arrived, like uh, you guys, uh, we've been uh, getting money for food because that's where we use the money for food and needs, the kids' needs and the more uh, basics. And uh, but uh, I told Miguel like we had to focus on something like we can be dependent on. And um, but. Since we are right, you know, Miguel is having so much trouble to find a job. I don't know. Uh, here in Mexico, the jobs are so um, racist in the age, you know, the people. Like, if mm. you are 45, we knew, like, uh, when we were there, but uh, uh, we didn't believe so much because we say, well, there is a lot of people older. I don't think they're not working, but normally... Uh, it is true, you know, Miguel has been struggling getting a job. That's why he started getting a little bit frustrating here. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that once you're 45, you're considered old. Yes, and they don't hire you in, mm -hmm. in factories or companies because uh, they told, because they don't want to pay. Like if you get uh, any disability, like if you get any, how you say, like heart, mm -hmm. you hurt yourself in the job, they don't want to pay, pay you. Right. anything like mm -hmm. so Miguel when he started looking for jobs because he's been in different kind of jobs uh, it's, it's not for a long time like he get fired right away because I don't know if we it's really different the jobs here mm -hmm. really different and um, how can I say um, the kids the kids uh, we try our best to uh, when they arrived and they were in the school, they didn't like the school because uh, it's a lot of, how can I say it, uh, they, the, the way they used to go to school, you know, they, they have supplies and everything and activities. And since they arrived in Mexico, uh, they didn't like the school. But and, we try your best. I don't know how. And we always, like, forget that, you know, we, we we see you as from Mexico as a family, but your children, like they've never lived in Mexico before. They grew up in the United States speaking English, and now they're in a Spanish-speaking country trying to go to school. must have been very difficult transition. Yes, especially because they don't have a system that helps the kids to have that um, uh process mm -hmm. and I remember the teacher always complain with the kids because they say um, your kids are so so behind like they don't know a lot of things and I'm like yeah they do they they knew but uh, they know how they know a lot of things but uh, maybe they don't understand because you speak so fast and <laughs> they are used to in English and and the teacher were, were like we want to do our best but uh, we don't uh, promise anything like so I started getting involved in the school too. So I, so to be able to help the kids, you know, mm -hmm. if they they need a translation and things like that. But uh, it's really different the volunteer volunteering here than over there in Canada and the states because um, they just let me for maybe a couple hours and then they told me to go home because they they the teachers they don't like parents to be in the school. I don't know why. And um, I saw Esperanza most of the time outside the school, you know, like not outside, like in the streets, but in the patio door, 
mm-hmm. where she plays a lot and and she told me it's because I don't understand the teacher and I'm like can you try your best to understand her just follow her what she what she's doing but it was yeah it was a really um big process to the kids get used to the school and well I I I, I always uh, Miguel and I talk to them and tell about the challenge and facing how can we do better hmm. and yeah I think the kids that's why they they're so strong because uh, every day we say like how was school and normally yeah they they always complain like they don't like the school because <laughs> uh, and they told me we wanna go back to Canada <laughs> they love Canada more than the states I'm gonna I'm hmm. not gonna lie to you uh, uh, they feel more uh, connected hmm. with the environment over there than even with the states because uh, right now the kids are in the school in the states right. only by online and Miguel and Francisco they always say when are we gonna go to Canada again so they and still say, even though it's been a couple of years they still wish to be here yes they really love Canada for hmm. I don't know they Altona uh, these are really you know uh I don't know. They they have a lot of good experience over there in the mm-hmm. school with the with the kids, mm-hmm. with the area, with the community, with the the workplace too. Because Miguel enjoyed the how to make a book in prisons, which mm-hmm. you don't see that in the states or mm-hmm. here in Mexico. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but we- it's kind of crazy because you're you're. Kids went, they went to the U.S., what, in August? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And that was because Miguel had needed some some medical treatment. And so you, because they're U.S. citizens, you were able to send them with your sister. And what's so, like, we are so used to driving to Minneapolis to visit. Like, we go there so often in our life. And now we're in this situation where we... Your kids are seven hours from where we are, and we could drive there and even say hi to them and visit with them. And but we can't even go to the U.S. because of the pandemic. We're we're stuck, and so it's such a they're so they're actually much closer to us than than you are in Mexico, and we have no way of kind of connecting to them physically. Yes, yeah. The the kids are. The only reason they went over there is because uh, because of his heart condition. You know, Miguel mm-hmm. uh, needs to be checked every six months at least because uh, uh, the doctor said that they don't know when it's going to ne- be the next surgery. Um, it's been already five years without a surgery. So they told me maybe soon he's, he will need a surgery. Mm-hmm. The last surgery he had, he had um, one of his lungs is pumping too much blood pressure mm. and more than the other one. So they told me if he, they leave that for a long time, it's going to be bad for him. But that's why they told me uh, just to keep an eye on that. And that was something that we encouraged my sisters to help me to take the kids and and yeah, uh, thanks to God, uh, they they've been checked and everything seems fine. Hmm. Uh, so good, good to hear. Yeah, good to hear that. Yes, and um, they're ready to go back. Uh, so yeah, they, they, when I when I think about 
um, just your story and the history of it and how focused you were, you said on, you know, being together. It was what prompted you to move from the States to cross the border on your bicycles <laughs> so that you could be together. And now you're in a place again, where you are really separated. You, you and Miguel are separated and both of you are separated from the children. And, um, I'm sure that, well, that's not the vision you had. You wanted to be together, and I, I'm sure that's still your your dream to be all together. Yes, Anna Gona ladies, uh, that hit me really hard, you know, the situation that we are right now. Like um, when Miguel uh, told me that he has to go uh, because uh, he needs a really stable job. Mm -hmm. And the other way to have that is a little far away from here, which is uh, next to the borders. And I, I was telling him like um like what what can I say? Like it was really hard. Like I didn't wanna let let him go. Yeah. Or oh, to be honest, I was like, uh no, don't go because uh you know the the main idea is to be together and everything, but I cannot um uh, um let you know like uh I has to be real real and what I'm living right now, mm -hmm. the reality, mm -hmm. that is something that has to be done, like, mm -hmm. and Miguel even told me, like, if we, I can go and move to Tijuana, but uh, it's really hard decision for me right now, for, because uh, we've been so much through a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. trying to set up in one place, mm -hmm. and now, and I think I, I'm set up right now, like, I'm okay right now in this place, mm -hmm. and it's for safety for the kids than Tijuana. Mm -hmm. So Tijuana for me is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. It's kind of scary because I hear a lot of things over mm. there. Yeah. And uh, I told Miguel that uh, for the kids, I think they will be better here, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's really hard. This is something that right now I'm trying to think about uh, what is best because for me, the best was to be together. Mm -hmm. Like you said, but uh, we're facing this challenge, and but uh, I have a lot of faith and hope that this is gonna end soon, mm -hmm. and so we can be together, like like we wanna be uh, really soon. So sometimes I I do believe that we have to do sacrifices for for our own family, and mm -hmm. uh, I had to let the kids go because they really need the medical assistance. And it was not something that I'm able to go with them because I don't have a status in, in the States. And um, in this case with Miguel, I had to let him go because I knew that he wants to provide. Uh, he wants to provide um, finances in the house. And he wants to feel uh, useful and everything. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to support you and I'm going to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to to do something here too. Like sometimes uh, I work here, and there is not like a, a permanent permanent job, but mm -hmm. I is uh, whatever it comes up with. Sometimes I do waitress, like in some events that I have to work. Mm -hmm. I do it in laundry and things like that. So kind and, of what, whatever you can find. You know, even just little jobs here and there. Yes, that's okay. correct. Hmm. 
And, and I think it sounds like you have had to practice a lot of faith and trust in the process. Trust that when yes, you're, uh, you're making these decisions and hoping that they're the right ones and that everyone will still be okay. You still, you want to be together, but you still need to make money so that you can have food so that you can, uh, live. Yes, that's, that's, that's correct. And, uh, uh, you know, like I think mostly all the time because, uh, sometimes I feel alone, but, uh, I'm not alone because, uh, I always remember you guys, like, the community because I never, I'm not gonna live and I never have a support from a community before like mm. you guys. Mm. And I always thank God to that. And I pray for you guys that, uh, God will give you more than what you're giving. And those, those are my wishes. And, and I really, I want to say to the seed community, then if I'm able to go back, uh, they can count on me and everything, and I'm going to be so involved, too, <laughs> with everything, <laughs> because uh, I, I just appreciate everything you guys are doing for us, and mm. that's why sometimes when I feel lonely, I think about you guys, because I'm like, no, I'm not alone. God is all the time with us, and and uh, he, I do believe God sent you guys uh mm to be part of our lives and to help me with this process. Otherwise, I, I don't think I will be so far with this process. Mm. Yeah, that's why uh, um, that's my strain, you know, mm. uh, to remember that I'm not alone, even when I feel alone, because I'm not going to lie. I sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, this house is so quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I, I do believe um, that I'm not alone. It, it's just something in my ma mind, but... Not really. Mm. Well, we um, we've just been humbled to be connected to you and your family over the last number of years. And uh, oh, I'd always hoped that this process would go smoother and quicker than it has ended up. But um, in our conversations in this community, when we when we think about your family and the situation, like we feel like we're we're committed to continuing to journey journey with you folks, and um, we are trusting too that things will come to a a positive conclusion as we go forward. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the the podcast part of this conversation with you. I think um, it was so good to hear some of your story again and some more detail and. It was just really good to hear your voice and for people, I, I know in conversations with people in our community and some of the people, they had children that went to school with your children. And I mean, you're still very much in people's minds and people are thinking and praying for all of you. And, um, we're just so looking forward to the time when your kids can be back and skating and playing hockey. Although nobody's really playing hockey right now because of the pandemic, but, uh, and I know you always, whenever I complain about the cold weather here, you always remind me that you would prefer to be experiencing our our winter. Yes, that's true. That's true. I really miss the winter over there. I miss everything over there. But it's minus 40 now. 
You don't miss that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Even if you don't believe it. Well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stop recording now, Maria. But thank you so much for for doing this part. But there's a couple of things I wanna I wanna touch base with you about um, before we say goodbye on the phone call. But I'm gonna. Okay. I'm going to stop the recording. So it was so good to connect with you. And when you uh, talk to Miguel, make sure you you send. Uh, I guess he doesn't have a phone right now, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. Okay. So is yes. he is he getting my messages when I Facebook or? Yes, he does. Okay. Good. Good. That's good to know. Yeah. Please pass along our greetings to Miguel and also our condolences for the loss of his mother. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yes. Thank you so much for all the community. I really miss all and uh, hope to see you soon. It'll and be... thank you so much for everything. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a big party when you come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. I still, I'm very selfish, but I can still remember the soup and the tortillas <laughs> that you served me. I can, in fact, with the cold weather, that would be very nice right now. A nice hot chicken, chicken soup would be good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. As soon as I arrive, I'm going to make it for everybody. <laughs> Sounds good. Yay. <laughs>